Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 139. We made it. Yep. And this time I said they were fine. I'm glad I was well. Remember saying. last week, mm-hmm. you know, you said I forgot that. I did. I, I did. Sure, I was tired of you disparaging I made sure audience. I threw that in there. So I try to say try to say the same thing every time, you know. But it doesn't always come out that way. So I think our audience is fine in every sense of the they word. They are. They're and, doing and, fine. They look fine. And they're fine whether they're I say that thing or not. No, I don't think that's Y'all true. know so much more about them than I do. We're speculating. Okay. <laughs> We're speculating. I only know a couple of them. I like them. I like all of them. <laughs> I, I don't know whether I do or not. Because they send us wonderful questions. Okay. So could we're going to answer. Could be one person. Maybe. <laughs> In fact, I think uh, we're going to tackle two questions today. Um, but I, I don't know for sure. I have a suspicion that the same person sent this question in because they didn't put their name on it. But one question is going to take us the majority of the time today. Uh, the second question we might be able to do in 60 seconds. Okay. Wow. So... I'll I'm going to do the first one in 60 seconds, mm, and then we'll do, good luck we'll, with we'll that. do the other one in, it's a, in 30 minutes. It's a pretty, it's, it's, in de- it's got some detail to it. All right. And, um, um, we should yeah. get started. Yeah, we will. So here we go. What do we know about how the Bible was discovered and how it was constructed? For example, some of its letters, different Bibles contain different books, etc., in my head, someone found a massive collection of all these writings, and then a committee decided what should go in the Bible. But I'm not sure that's accurate. But I don't know how it was all found and how it all came together. And then they have another question that says, Also, there are like footnotes and backstories. Is that all a result of the best guess of scholars based on their own research? So they want to know about wow. the construction of the Bible. There's a lot in there because it sounds a like... There is a lot. It got lost. <laughs> we found you know, it. Indiana Jones went out on a search. Wouldn't that be cool? And he found it, or somebody like that. And then a group goes, Indiana, those are not in, and those are that's in. Right. That's right. And so that, that's, there's when a you lot. Asked, is there's that a accurate? Lot. That is not accurate. That, that is, is not, not accurate. Even the idea that they were lost and then found. Or is there's not. the word discovered. I think the yeah, word discovered, discovered is. Is not I always come back to this helpful. phrase. This was the first phrase I wrote down. The Bible did not give us Christianity. Christianity gave us the Bible. Mm. Our faith is not based on a book. It's based on an event. And that's something to remember when you think about that, because I think a lot of people often get that confused. They think, we just, in our minds, because we've always had the Bible, that little book that is all bound together that you hold in your hand uh, or that you have on your phone now. But it was not not that way. In fact, for the first what three four hundred years of the church, there was no bound copy of the Bible that the Bible that the church opened up and read every Sunday. So we know. I can, anybody got off the top of their head when the Gutenberg Press came about, and there was oh that I'm like just the thinking thirteen hundreds or 1500s? that's what I'm thinking. So for thirteen hundred years of Christianity, no normal person. No regular churchgoer had a had a copy of the Bible. They did not because they did not exist. That's right. So for thousands of years, Christianity uh, existed without the Bible. Now, the thirty nine books of the Old Testament we know for sure mm-hmm. had already been decided that those were Jewish scriptures that were set apart from other Jewish writings by the time Jesus is born. And the way we know that, and people speculated that wasn't true, but in the 1940s when the Dead Sea Scrolls Scrolls. are are found, Mm -hmm. and 
the earliest dating of them is hundreds of years before the G Jesus birth. We know they were put in those caves before the birth of Jesus in those scrolls, and it is the 39 books we, ha we have. Yeah. Well, that pretty much says people already had those books. Mm -hmm. right. Those books were already, they would have been called what you want to call, what you're calling the Bible. They were called Bible, scripture. The they, were, they were sacred scriptures. They are what people would say the Bible Jesus had. That's right. That's the 39 books that Jesus grew up uh, from. Those weren't, they were never lost. They were always a part of the Jewish people. And those were around by the time the calendar went from B.C. to A.D. So those already. Yeah. So, so now we got the 27 of right. the New Testament. The New Testament. That, that has to come about. And, the, and you are right. There are lots of letters included mm -hmm. in there. There are some, bi the, the Gospels, the biographies of Jesus, the first four books, the Acts of the Apostles, mm -hmm. which is basically a history of the church. And all of those books, they were not compiled into a collection right. for hundreds of years. What what we really had, what if you go back into history and you look, what you really had was just a lot of each church would read what they had, That's basically. Right. And these these books, if you even call them that, these documents, would just be sort of circulated around. Yeah, when they could afford to have them copied, they'd circulate them to other churches mm -hmm. in their area, mm -hmm. which would then copy some and circulate them to other churches in the area. But and you then eventually, eventually they... They did have by 200, 300, almost most of the churches all had the same copy. That's right. They had the same ones. They weren't arguing over, uh, oh, well, this one's not in, this one's not in. There are a few that, there are a few cases where some churches didn't have certain ones and that, but by and large, the majority of what we would consider the New Testament had been copied and shared, and, and each church kind of had... They all kind of agreed yeah. at that point. So what, what you now know as the Bible pretty much came about as, as the church lived out its tradition and read what it would consider these are. These are written by the original apostles. Right. These are the accepted works that we know were eyewitness accounts of what happened. All of that pretty much became, well, here's what we have. And then somebody had come along and said, well... We should make that formal. And right. And then there were also, when you're thinking about the committees or the councils, mm -hmm. there are some of those you hear about mm -hmm. that finally codify, these are the 66, or then, you know, another group said, no, we want to include this inner between testament, some books in those, yeah. uh, and they include those. But by the time this all comes about, these things that were written by the apostles were already set apart from writings of even yes. what we would call the early church fathers. Yep. There are people that were the next generation after the apostles that wrote books, a lot like the books we have here. Now, they weren't bound, of course, but mm -hmm. they were writings for the church to give wisdom. And a lot of people, those guys circulated among churches, yes. too. Like, you know, a lot of us, a lot of different churches read the same books. But even at that time, they didn't hold Justin Martyr, who's one of those writers, yeah. at the same level as Peter or That's Paul. Right. They just right. didn't hold them that way. Mm -hmm. So when it came down, they knew these were of a different level than these. And so what it was was people that had been with Jesus or people who were writing for people who had the been with Jesus. Right. Yes. The eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. And those were the ones they held at a different level, even than people who had been in close contact 
and were disciples of the eyewitnesses. Yes. Right. And so that's how what you now know, we all know as the Bible, really came about. And a so, lot of those books that you see, History Channel or Discovery Channel, mm -hmm. you know, that always comes up around Christmas or Easter where they go, the lost gospel of this or this was discovered. Mm -hmm. Those books really weren't lost either. They were known about at the time. Yep. People just didn't read them in the same way because they would read them and say, this isn't even of the same quality. It doesn't even sound like the same people that the eyewitnesses wrote about. Mm -hmm. And so they would cast them aside, much in the way when you can read, you can read biographies of Adolf Hitler that don't sound a lot like the people who saw him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, um, you know, the church was very uh, cognizant of the fact that there are there are stories being circulated out there that we can't verify have come because and because there were tons of people trying to pass off their works right. as you know the Gospel of Thomas is yeah. one of those right all these different ones that you know there this was written by an eyewitness and people read it and they went well we we can't verify that so we can't hold it in the same right. as as the you know this the Gospel of John we know he wrote that. We've got verification of that, and so as Ed just said, you know that those kind of that's why they got lost, quote unquote. Right. And, and and now people in our day try to bring them back and say, well, what's the church trying to hide? They weren't trying to hide anything. They just threw away the stuff that they knew wasn't authentic. That's right. And so we we still have some of that floating around, but it's not because there's some grand conspiracy. And I don't know if that's why you asked this question, I, but I do know there are a lot of people. That well, I think a lot of well-meaning people watch those things on History and Discovery Channel because I'll get asked about them all the time. What do you think about that? And I go, well, you know, there's better ways to discover that than popular media on TV who yeah. you don't know for sure what their agenda is. Right. If you want to know an answer to this, you probably should go to somebody who's made their life studying this to get an answer, and it's probably not that you know guy who's making a, a documentary for an hour on the Discovery well, Channel. You, I mean, you don't do that with anything else. I mean, there is no other historical news. No historian, no credible historian is releasing their newest finding on George Washington through the History Channel. No one's like, I got published in the Yale History Review while I was on Ancient Aliens. <laughs> That's right. No one, no one looks at those two and go, well, of course, this discovery about this historical figure first got discovered on the History Channel. Those historians are referencing things that get published, or it's, as we know, with Ancient Aliens, we all think it's well, almost common. The legitimate history is not, it does not make good television. No. That's right. <laughs> the good television is the stuff that is laden with conspiracies or speculations or this, you know, fantastical kinds of things. I mean, it's, it's what made The Da Vinci Code so popular. That's right. was, ooh, what, you know, but yeah, it makes a great movie. It just makes bad history. That's right. So Well, and I think it's what, I think for Christianity and with the Bible, I think um, some of us, would maybe prefer that it were, were just a book that all came at one time and it wasn't bound to history and it wasn't bound to a particular group of people. I, I hear a lot of people talk about, well, if God wrote a book, why didn't he just say things that would be timeless? Like, why why didn't he just come out and say slavery was a problem? Why, didn't, why isn't that in there? Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. I don't care what time it is. Or why didn't he write about things about the internet that we could figure? You know, I get they wouldn't know, but eventually he knew it was coming. Why doesn't he have it? 
And it really misses the point of Christianity as a communal uh, religion that the idea behind it is that we are groups of people that God is not just interacting through one person. God is interacting through all of us and he's working in our particular time, in our particular context. And so the organization of the Bible, the writing of the Bible, uh, even the idea that like one guy sat down even to just, I'm writing my one particular thoughts about God, and they go, well, that's a great idea that you had that. It's pretty clear, like when Paul's writing, he's got a scribe. He may have other people that he's in the room talking with about mm-hmm. things. The idea that this is just Paul sitting down is like, guys, I'm going to go on my retreat I'm going to get my typewriter. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to come up with my thoughts, and you guys got to take whatever I say because that's our idea of what an author is. That's right. Even that, it's a communal process. The idea is Paul was not writing anything down or, in most cases, having his scribe write things down that he thought would be shocking to other churches. They weren't going to be like, ooh, here's Paul's hot take on, on Corinth. Every other church knew, oh, he ain't going to be happy about Corinth. <laughs> like, if they knew what was going on, no one was doing this. And there's this nature, I think, a lot of times that we have. And I think it's because of more modern religions that there is a prophet who finds a holy book somewhere or he writes the holy book from yeah. something. And he's the one who has the knowledge and the rest of us are following his knowledge. Christianity is not that. No. Even B.C., before Jesus was on the planet, the Old Testament is through the nation of Israel. It is a community of people. It is often prophets and the people who are around. Those prophets' disciples are copying down things they're saying. So it what is you're a, saying is it's, it's a little messy. It, well, it's messy by it's, because it's by a its story. It's, it's right. a story that is being tell, told over this time, and they're cross-referencing one another. Mm-hmm. Like even though even though Luke didn't know that there was going to be a Bible, he knew he was writing scripture because he's clearly referring to other scripture as the scripture refers to itself. Mark and, I mean, Matthew is quoting Old Testament stuff left and right. Paul is calling out old things out of that. Paul says about Peter, I mean, Peter says about Paul's writing at one point that this stuff is, it's pretty tough to understand something. Fisherman like me has a hard time with Paul. (laughs) They're referencing each other as scripture. So there is even this idea in what they're doing as they're writing it that God is interacting through us in this community. And I see that as, at least for me and my faith, this beautiful picture of how God, the Bible to me is a beautiful thing because even with its messy little pieces and you see these things that don't fit neatly in a 21st century world, modern worldview, what I see is God at work in a particular people group over thousands of years and how the story is cohesive across the whole way, that's nearly impossible. Yeah, That's right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Disney just got Star Wars, and they're messing the whole thing up. Oh. And that's been 35 <laughs> years. They can't keep a cohesive story going on in that thing the whole way. Mm. So. All right. Uh, we need to address the, the other question. They said, oh, what This about one's the, easier. Yeah, well, they did. The, the, oh, no, you got more oh, on this question. Yeah, they did mention they want to know about what, what's the deal with the footnotes in their Bible. I, oh. You know, that's just a simply a transparency. That's what I, that, Yeah, that's, that's right. As, if you're talking about footnotes that say this wasn't included in some manuscripts, that's transparency. That's right. Those that tell you to go look at Isaiah or something like that, that's often just a guy. Yeah, that's an author yeah. telling you, I think this is referring to that. You yes. should go look at that. Yeah. But then, like you said, there are some footnotes, as Ed said, it says, well, some manuscripts read this, some manuscripts read that. And you should know, as copies of the Bible were copied over and over and over again, you'll have two manuscripts that might sit next to each other, and there'll be one word different than the other one. 
all they're telling you is there's some manuscripts that have this word, right. some manuscripts that have this word. And people say, well, does that mean, you know, we got it wrong? No, actually, it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it means we've got the whole thing. We can compare the two. Here's the best. Here's what we think was most accurate. This is the alternate reading. We're going to lay it out there for you to decide. But here's the other part of that is there's no major teaching or doctrine in Christianity that has ever been changed because of a what we call a textual variant. Right, that's right. One copy had one word out of place or was misspelled here. Again, the messiness of it all. Right. The scholars are basically bringing it all together and showing you and being transparent of saying, well, here's what we've got. This is the best we can do of comparing these things, and we're going to pass it down this way. Uh, so that's what your footnotes are about in your Bible. And so, I think those may... The, the two major sections I can think of are the end of Mark 16 yep. Yep. and, and John, I mean, uh, John 8. John and John 8. Yeah. And neither one of those parts contain things that if we didn't have them, yep. we don't have other things that teach right. what those sections teach. That's right. Or if we have them, they don't teach any, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, they're, not they're just not a problem. They're just not a problem either way. We don't lose anything. And we, and we don't, don't gain anything. Yeah, we haven't gained or, or lost. We're okay. It's just good to have. So that's why it's thrown in there. And that's why they make the note. I, I always say to people, I, I think that is, uh, it gives more weight to the validity of, of the Bible when you see things like that because it says, oh, they're, they're not trying to hide anything. That's, that's right. right. They're laying it all out for us to, to know what's going on. So don't worry about it. If you were worried about it. Maybe you weren't. Well, or maybe you just didn't understand. Just now, you understand. now you understand. Okay, they were just being transparent. All right. So here's the question that I think we can answer in probably a minute or two. Okay. That, and again, I don't know if it's the same person. I just kind of think they came in close to together. So sometimes I think it's the same person. Here's what they ask. They say, I feel like I hear about Jesus as a child and during his three years with the disciples. But what do we know about his life in between? I've been reading my Bible and I may just have not gotten to that part yet. <laughs> well, you can keep reading. You're not going to get to that part yet. You're no. never going to get to that part. We don't so know any. We don't. We don't have any record. You're right. There are some stories about Jesus, his birth. There's a story from when he was around 12 years old and not much else. Yeah, then he and shows back up as an adult. He shows back up as about 30, 33 years old, and that's about it. So, yeah, you don't worry. You haven't missed anything. Uh and again, back to that original point is obviously whoever was writing the history of the life of Jesus didn't feel like there was important stuff that we needed to know in there. Yeah. So we don't have that. So, but it wouldn't it be interesting? Now, there are some of those goofy writings that are out there that try to fill in some of those blanks, but they are not authentic. Yeah, I always look at those and I've read some of them and you just, you go... This feels like somebody trying to fill in that gap for us. Yeah, it, it feels like it sounds even like science in fiction the, almost. Yeah, in their day, somebody goes, "So what was he doing between twelve and this?" And somebody goes, "Hmm, there's something I could write." Yeah. yeah. Well, they certainly when people talk about whether it's going to be myth making, you know, whether Jesus is all his divinity is myth later on. All of those things fit closer with Greek and Roman myths yep. of the times right. of Hercules adventures as a child and those kind of things. All of those fit closer in that theme than they do anything in Hebrew scriptures. And uh, so, yeah, I just think, I, I agree. I just think it's it's not important to the story that they're trying to tell. And Luke so. may be given an indication of what's going on in that time. By the end of the 12, I've always thought where it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. So between 12 and 30-ish, whenever he shows back up, he's growing in wisdom and knowledge, which really shows his humanity. Mm -hmm. yeah. That he's, 
he's learning the world. He's learning how to interact. He's watching how human beings interact so that when he begins to teach, um, he comes off as a person who knows you. Mm-hmm. And the people there go, oh, nobody's ever taught like this. Yeah. I mean, he really knows us and he really knows God. Um, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't just start as a 12-year-old teaching this, you know, there's a man that had two sons, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and it's clear. I mean, it also is just the way their culture worked that that was what you did between 12 and 30. Mm-hmm. That before, I mean, in those in those periods of time where you're either apprenticing under somebody right. or you're you know you're you're waiting for your father or whoever to pass away and get their land and really kind of come into your own as a man and like in your own thing, it really is our culture that kind of thinks well. You know, if you've got a 19-year-old that can really sing or can act or can play ball, they need a Twitter account. We need to know what they think. Yeah, that's right. I need to know, what is it you think about Puerto Rican statehood or about any exactly. kind of... What is it a 19-year-old thinks about this? They did not have the concept that what Jesus was doing between 12 and 30 because it's when he's 30 that he says, all right, now the kingdom of God is... It's, it's time, time. The time has come. Because when he shows up, that's what he says. Yep. The yep. time has come now. Yes. So. All right. So there's that, and uh, I have no other questions in the hopper. So fill it up. Fill up uh, the inbox. Go to the link that's in the description. Send us questions, and uh, we might have another episode next week. We'll see if we make it. See if we make it, and and Nathan will be the determination of. I will let you know. He'll let us know. (laughs) So see you then. Bye.